Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Okay, you know how sometimes I say I have a gift for you and it turns out to be really bad and kind of crappy and not much fun at all? Like the marathon books? Yes. Yes. Well, this time I've got a present for you that you already knew was coming and I think you will like it. Behold, uh, you may have recalled that I received earrings in conjunction with uh, a book that is coming out. And here are the earrings themselves. They, it says inspired natives not native inspired right so it's actually made by native american tribes oh not that's awesome made to look like it is from native american these tribes. are yes. very pretty aren't they though uh now had they been clever they would have put a picture of the book that they're promoting on that box they didn't and because it's a ya book i can't remember what the book is so oh, we're no. not sure what the book is that we're promoting here i did include it in uh God, where did you see me talking about? Oh, it was a TikTok. Yeah, you were talking about swag. So I'll link to the TikTok in the show notes, and then we can thank them that way, because I don't have that information in my brain right now. Thank you so much. You are welcome. And uh, speaking of which, who are you? Me, Kate. Ah, and if you are Kate, therefore I must be Betsy. And uh, yes, this is Eight Kate. Uh, It's a podcast, as I am given to understand it, where we talk about... Giving Kate presents. Mm, weirdly, a lot of the time, <laughs> as it turns out. Hey, you have a birthday coming up, so you will be getting presents soon. I know, but I want weird things like wheelbarrows. I want, like, grown-up presents, you know? In the old days, it was earrings and stuff, but now all I want is a wheelbarrow. Oh, you know what I really want? I want a bird feeder. Just send it to fuseakate at yeah. gmail.com. Just send it to Amazon Public Library. Care of me. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. No, what do we actually talk about on this podcast? Oh, children's picture books. That's right. And if they are good or not good. Yep. Now, today I'm going to break a rule. Oh. A very important rule. But I'm breaking it for a very important reason. Wait, is it the 20-year rule? I am breaking the 20-year rule. Let's see. No, but here, you want to hear my reason? Yes. I hate Ron DeSantis. I hate him. I do I too. hate him so much. Go so on. I thought to myself, we should do a book that he has actively banned. We did Entangamixery. But uh, that's not what he's banning these days. He's banning new stuff. Left, right, and central. Uh, the, the day that we record this, Florida has now banned abortions at six weeks. Yeah, yeah, right. So the man's so... pissing me off, and I would like to do something about it, even if it's a small mention of a book on a podcast so i thought to myself i want to find the best i'm talking the best trans picture book of all time oh so prepare yourself because this is my opinion and i am sort of giving away the game by saying that right from the start but gonna do it anyway here we go okay when aiden became a brother by Kyle Lukoff. Illustrated by... Kehlani Juanita? That's correct, yes. Uh, Kyle Lukoff, probably the most prominent trans uh, children's author working today, I would say. 
Uh, some people might contest that, but I would say, how many of those people have gotten Newberry honors? Oh, that would be one, and that would be a Kyle Lukoff. Thank you very much. Uh, former school librarian turned children's author, uh, fantastic trans activist, and uh, sick to death of only being called on to talk about how he's banned all the time. He Aww. actually had, Ron DeSantis actually held up a, a cover of one of his books. I don't think it was this one. I think it was one of his Max books saying how awful it was and how evil. The Max books are the sweetest little old books that ever existed in the history of the world uh, about a trans boy. So, uh, yeah, this is also a story about a trans boy, though it actually, and I don't want to shock you, has a plot, as opposed to a book. Many a time is there is a book about a trans boy where the plot is, I am trans, and that is, that's it. Yeah. This does, Kyle doesn't do that with okay. his books. He has actual plots, and therefore, you're going to read one of these here plots. You ready for it? Yes. Go for it. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, uh, let's do a little behind the scenes with Aiden. Or, more specifically, let's do a little behind the scenes with Kyle Lukoff. Kyle's a fascinating guy. As I say, a former school librarian. I've known him for many years. Uh, the thing I like about Kyle is that he doesn't pull his punches. He pretty much says what needs to be said in the moment that it needs to be said, even if it is very unpleasant for people who want to hear it. So when he gave his Stonewall acceptance speech in June 27th of 2022, he wasn't pulling any punches. And I'm just gonna read you some of that speech. It's a speech that I'm sure for the people who are in attendance, they will never forget. He began by saying, we stand here on land that should have been stewarded to the Anacostan people in the capital of a nation founded on the inalienable rights that some men destroy whatever they want in the pursuit of their life, their liberty, and their happiness. The last time I won a Stonewall Award, it was for when Aiden became a brother, in January of 2020. I had planned out a whole speech, which was, perhaps unwisely, going to include passages from past Stonewall winners that were narrow-minded, unimaginative, pathologized, or otherwise appropriated depictions of trans youth by cis writers. Almost Perfect by Brian Catcher. Beautiful Music for Ugly Children by Kristen Cron Mills, Julian is a Mermaid by Jessica Love. But then the rest of 2020 happened, and instead I wrote some doomsday speech that I barely remember and recorded it sitting on the floor of my bedroom on a hot afternoon exactly one week before George Floyd was murdered. It goes on like that. Here is the last paragraph from it, and I realize that by skipping to the last paragraph of the speech, I am taking it a bit out of context, but I do think that it is important, particularly when we're talking about the book bans that are happening around the country. He writes, To be clear, I and they, they being the book banners, are looking ahead, and we are all seeing that there will be violence. It might be stochastic and localized. It might be organized and orderly. If history is any indication, it'll begin as one and end as the other. But regardless of the specifics, we are all seeing the same future, and some are deciding that they would prefer to conduct the cattle cars than be transported on them, and guard the camps rather than be guarded in them. We are up against people who would choose to stoke the ovens rather than burn in them. And let me tell you, as speeches of children's books go, I have never heard one that has ended quite like this. Hello. Hello. You're back. You gave me a very recent book. Uh, it's, 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 it's how recent is it? It's so recent. So recent. Uh, that uh, it's, what, 2019? 
I think it's 2019. That's, yeah. That's definitely breaking the I'm sorry. The that's how rule. long it took for us to get a decent book about a trans kid. So, yeah. That's, it, a, that's, un, that's not good. No, it is not good. <laughs> it is weirdly late, uh, one might say. But yeah. I'm very glad that it not only came out, but I'm very glad that you introduced me to it. But yes. before we go into it, I, let, me, let me just start off by saying that even though I fully support the trans community... I didn't want to go into this book thinking that I was absolutely going to love it. Oh, no, no, no. And I did preface it that way, so I apologize. That is how I couched it. I I wanted to come in. It could have sucked for you. I wanted to go in very impartial. That's probably a good way to tackle any book that one reads. Yeah. So I went in with no expectations. Gotcha. And we're introduced to Aiden, Mm. uh, who says everyone thought that when Aiden was born, he was a girl. Mm. And you can see Aiden's bedroom. There's lots of pink. There's a dollhouse. There's baby dolls around. There's a an adorable cat throughout this entire... Oh, is there? I don't even remember the cat. Oh, my gosh. The cat throughout the entire book is my favorite. Oh, I did not know there was a cat. <laughs> um, the cat is right now curled up in the dollhouse. Okay. Story checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but at this point, you know, it's saying that, you know, his room was definitely a girl's room. He wore girl's clothes you know like dresses and stuff um but he didn't he didn't feel like a girl at all he would you know get into like purposefully ruin his clothes right uh, right because he didn't want to wear dresses and i just looked at love the look of rage on his face as he jumps into that mud puddle just like destroy this thing yeah he cuts his own hair off and uh, does not enter himself, so 50 points there. Well, and I noticed that in... So Aiden's looking in a mirror, uh, and there's a tooth missing. So Aiden's probably around, what, eight or nine? Mm, maybe a little younger. Could be as young as six or five, potentially. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to figure out what age It's hard is. to say. Kids lose the teeth at different ages, so yeah. Yeah. You know, he tells his folks, I don't know who he is... And it and I like that the book acknowledges that it took everyone some time to adjust. Yeah, it's nice that these weren't fabulous parents who instantly were like, "We immediately accept this and yeah, we I li- understand." I like that it didn't say yeah. the next day everyone was on board. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it took time yeah. for them to adjust, Mm-mm. and also that they learned from other families with transgender kids. Right, because they're not going to be able to do this in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. And while they're learning from other parents with trans- transgender kids, they're having this big picnic. And at the very bottom, um, there's a squirrel that is stealing like five cherries. All right. You go squirrel. <laughs> Get those cherries. I'm a big fan of the squirrel. Yeah. And the cat. <laughs> you're, you're like in all the little tiny animals here. I am. Hey, you know, I'm going to look for tiny details sure, in yep. any book. So. so they completely redo Aiden's room. Uh, because he didn't really feel at home in his own bedroom. Right. And I like that they kept a lot of the same elements of his original room and just made minor changes. Yeah. Like the chest that he had was pink and now it's like orange. Mm-hmm. And they moved furniture around. So you see a lot of the same pieces. But then you see new pieces as well. Like there's now there's more plants and his bed is like a tent, which is really cool. Uh, but you see a lot of the same stuffed animals and... 
he now he feels like he belongs more in this room in his new clothes that he now takes much better care of. <laughs> I think the the color choices are interesting because one way you could have gone is like, well, everything was pink, so now we'll make everything blue because mm-hmm. that's all boy cover. There's no blue here. It's very really. it's, it's, it's warm, gender neutral. It's anything. warm tones. Yeah. It's yellows, oranges, oranges. Yeah. yeah, greens, and yeah. he's wearing bunny slippers, rocking. <laughs> Those bunny slippers, I think is what you meant to say. He's rocking those bunny slippers. Yes. Um, some of these fashion choices, I am 100% for. Oh, yes. We will get to my favorite one in Ooh, just a second. Ooh, the Aiden fashion line. I like it. <laughs> Somebody should market that. So one day, mom and dad tell Aiden, we're going to have another baby. And Aiden's like, oh, does that mean I get to be the big brother? And his dad's like, yeah, of course. And so... You know, Aiden wants to make sure that he is the best big brother and that this baby feels understood, no matter if it's a boy or a girl. Right. So they go shopping for baby clothes, and I I wish that pink didn't mean girl and blue meant boy, because when I get to this page of them shopping for baby clothes and the illustrator made most of the page blue, mm-hmm. I subliminally thought... That mom was having a baby boy because oh, this page was all in blue. Yeah. And then at one point, this lady comes up to them and says, oh, are you having a boy or a girl? First of all, never ask someone unless they have a baby coming out between their legs if they are having a baby. You know, it's, well, exactly. Never <laughs> assume that someone's pregnant. Well, I guess if you're shopping for baby clothes and you look pregnant... You could be shopping for someone else. It's true. Do not it's assume. It's never a good idea to assume. I would agree. And yeah, let me tell you though, I, when I was pregnant, I did have people who asked that question, but I also had people who'd simply told me what I was going to. That's a whole different thing where they they inform you of what you're having. That's creepy. And they were often correct. Oh. That was the weird part. Yeah. Huh. I'd have like old men on the street being like, mama, you're having a boy. And they were Right. Weird. Yeah. Well, this is a woman with a purse dog who uh, is asking this. And the mother uh, just says, I'm having a baby, which good for You know what? Miss Manners would approve. Yep. Uh, So they decide to paint the baby's room. Uh, Dad chooses a gallon of sky blue paint. Again, I'm like, blue, is it a? Boy, again, like I, mean, I hate that my blue. I hate that my brain is yeah, thinking right? that. Though, yeah, I mean you know? we've been trained, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but Aiden wants to paint puffy clouds, so mm-hmm. like sky. He wants sure, sure, sure. sky. But then we get to Aiden's sweet, sweet fashion sense. <laughs> Aiden is sitting on the countertop wearing Van sneakers. Yes, and like almost knee high socks with pink frosted donuts on them nice right i'm there i'm there for that i'm just that combination right there thrills me beyond belief indeed indeed (laughs) this kid is dressing better than i ever will in my entire life that's just a fact i mean dad has pineapples all over him so So, yeah like like father like son exactly Yeah. yeah yep um and then it comes time to choosing a baby name I don't know why Aiden thinks that it is his responsibility. Yeah, I'm sorry, kid. This is not one of those families where you get to choose the name. And yeah, that's that's not how this works. But yet. there's a lot of uh, nature options that he's going with. He wants to go with gender neutral, right? Uh, I see. Okay. So we're getting Willow, Sage, 
forest, river. Oh, oh, that's rain. It looked like pain from this angle because the R is kind of curved like a P. And I was like, I don't think you should name the baby pain. It's like kids writing, you know, lowercase r. Yeah. Yeah. There's also leaf, cloud, and moss. Yeah. Moss is cool. (laughs) I would totally go with moss. Yeah. And then this is a great page that features the cat. So it says that babies need someone to read to them. So Aiden practice and practice and practice. And you got... At one point, the cat is sitting on Aiden's back, but his head is so, like, into the book that he's reading that it looks like his head is now the cover of the book, which oh, is a bird. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. Oh, what that's you, very cool. I don't know what you call this. Uh, it's like, a, oh, God, what are they called? Um, book face. That's a book face. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's yeah, what's yeah that's here. cute. I've never seen a book face. Before. And then, you know, he's practicing reading again You get to the stuffed animals and the cat. Mm-hmm. He's reading in the bathtub. The cat has spilled all the, uh, the bath. Oh, the cat just knocked over the bubbles. Yeah, yep. as my cats would do. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at one point, Dad's like, oh, let me teach you how to change diaper because, uh, you know, that really would help me out yeah. if I don't have to do it. And Aiden's like, uh, maybe later. <laughs> and goes to pick flowers and the cat is just playing with butterflies. Like, I, this is a great cat. Big it's a great cat. Big fan of the cat. I haven't gotten to my favorite part of the cat yet. Oh, though. okay. All right. So we're two weeks out of the baby being born, and now Aiden is freaking out, like, maybe the blue walls are too bright, and maybe I should have picked different clothes. And on this page, his sheets are, like, pulled up to his nose. Yeah. But the sheets have a really cool pattern. No, the sheets are really of, cool. Of, like, flowers and foxes, and it's owls it's just a really cool spread basically if this illustrator keilani uh this whole picture book thing doesn't work out you could just make a fortune by creating sheets for beds because i would buy those sheets tomorrow oh yeah Yeah. i would too yep and so when his mom comes in to tuck him in you know she asks if he's feeling okay and he's like you know is do you think the baby's gonna be happy with everything what if I don't know how to be a good big brother? But what I like the most on this page is that the illustrator is not afraid to show the mom or Aiden wearing sleep bonnets or head wraps. Yeah, I really, unless the book is about that, you almost never see that just casually placed in a picture book. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that it's, you know, it's in there. It's not, you know, the focal point, but it's yeah. it's included. And yeah. I like that inclusion. Yeah, I like that too. But mom, you know, calms him down and says, look, we made mistakes when you were born and you taught us. And so this baby's going to be so lucky to have you. And it's every, it's going to be hunky-dory and everything's going to be fine. Uh, so then we get to the point where the baby is born. They have a big party and <laughs> the cat oh. is being like, squeezed a little too hard by one of the party goers and has that face of like get me out of here (laughs) but i think this is the first book that you've given me with a blind person in it yes i think that is true at this party there's a blind girl in the back who Mm -hmm. has a seeing eye dog with her yeah i was like that's awesome it's very nice i've never seen that before yeah you know why because we keep doing old books that's Uh, why old books don't care (laughs) old books are not the most inclusive things in the world. Uh, not to say that all old books are the same, but generally speaking, yeah, not so much. Okay. And yeah. and right, and that's the end of the book. And then at the very end, there's an author note. And I love the author's note at the end. It's, it, you know, he tells kids that it's okay to feel like Aiden sometimes on your own journey, but he hopes kids like Aiden live in a world that believes in them. Right. 
which I'm like, oh, gosh. I'm... Yeah, and how'd that turn out there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> it's an uphill battle in a lot of these states lately, but mm-hmm. we're I'm I'm hoping for it too, you know. Well, and you know, it has been very encouraging that books like this, the publishers have not backed off, as far as I can tell. Um, we're seeing just as many being published now as back in what was this 2019? Yep. This came out. Um, so yeah, so the publishers have stuck by, uh, their trans authors, uh, what few they have. They don't exactly have, like, a plethora that they are pulling from. Um, now, really, if I wanted to stick it to Ron DeSantis, I should have done Call Me Max as the book that we would do, um, which is a much simpler story. Also, like this book, the fact that Max is trans is a part of the story, but it is not the plot. Um, but I, I love this for many of the reasons you've just outlined. I like the, the detailing and I like, I like the storyline. It's just not something that I've ever seen before. And I like the story of a kid being worried about the upcoming baby for reasons that we might not have thought of, uh, on our own. So ratings time. You go first. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this book. Obviously I kind of gave that away. Right at the start, yep. I said that. I said the last part first, so yep. there you go. Uh, yeah, always been a big fan of it. Kehlani is an amazing illustrator and the best per- possible person, in my opinion, who could have illustrated this book, quite frankly. Um, I'm sure other illustrators would have done a great job, but in this particular case, uh, I think she knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, it did win a Stonewall Award, uh, as well it should have, and uh, has done pretty darn well since... Um, I do honestly feel that it is the strongest trans picture book that we have on the market today. Uh, but I am happy to say there is some competition for it, though I haven't seen a ton of competition for it this year. Uh, so I'm a little a little perturbed about that. So yeah, I'm giving this, uh, thanks to the, the really good art, the good storytelling, all that stuff, I'm giving it a 7.5. Wow, okay. Pretty high. So even though this is... Definitely breaking the 20-year rule that we have. It 100% does, yeah. I'm glad that we're breaking it this week. What a great story. I love the illustrations, and I love that what the kid worries about when it comes to having a younger sibling are the same worries that parents might be having as well nowadays. Um, All you can do is love your kid for who they are and try not to change them or make them fit a mold that wasn't meant for them. I can't say I'm shocked <laughs> that conservatives banned this book, but they seem to ban things that they don't understand. What? How dare you say that? I know, it's My crazy. Me, yeah. Um, and even though this has only been out for a few years, I hope that this is a classic and that every child has read this book since they might know someone in their classroom, like Aiden, um, that maybe they can put a name and a face to with this book. Um, I know I said I was going to be impartial in the beginning, but between the plot, the illustrations, the the diversity, and the representation, and that freaking adorable cat. It's a very cute cat. We um, can't deny the cat. I'm higher than you. I'm a a nine. Oh! If if this were in Kate art. Nice! Which Kate art, for those of you who don't know, is like hyper-realistic. If it was in Kate art, then it would have been a ten. Well, sure, 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 sure. But yeah, uh, as so, it is, pretty darn good. With our scores combined, it is well above a five. Yeah, you know, and it didn't even end with a gender reveal party. So, you know, missed opportunity there. I it, gotta say, yeah. They, it should have just had a whole, like, forest fire exploding oh thanks gosh. to uh, some gender reveal party that they did. Well, yeah. this is a classic then. It's a classic! Okay. Yay! Yay! 
Uh, let's see here. Letters time. Ooh. All right. We got a bunch of responses to uh, our last book that we did, Hey Al. Mostly, um, they, they, they were people remembering them. For example, Sally Plah, who wrote, We had this book when my sons were small, a Reading Rainbow episode, brought it to our attention, and we ended up reading it until it fell apart. I was never sure how I felt about it because (laughs) it brought me a bit far afield of my reality comfort zone. Hmm. My middle son adored it. And then Rachel A. kind of agreed. She said, as a kid growing up in NYC with an uncle named Eddie and a cousin named Al, I was obsessed (laughs) with this image of these two city folk returning to their tiny apartment with Chinese food containers. Mm -hmm. But uh, the biggest debate I found... Through all of this, is where does this book take place? I naturally thought it was in New York City. I, I just did assumed too. this. But there seems to be a real push to believe that it actually is set in Boston. Mm-hmm. Sarah Brannon wrote, so, to the very serious question, if we agree that this is Boston, A, is this story set in Boston, which has a West End but not a West Side, but does have tiny apartments, or B, is Al flying past Boston as he's beginning his descent to New York, as one does. I mean, we put it out on Instagram for a vote. What city does it take place in? Yeah. And most people said Boston. I am baffled by this because clearly, if, if anyone watched the... Uh, I did link to this interview with the two creators who are the most New Yorky New Yorkers that ever New York to York. And uh, <laughs> I am I'm appalled, but it's entirely possible... That Richard Ogilvy does live in Boston or outside of it, so. But wow, talk about shifting my worldview. I yeah. No Whoo, grown up things we like. You go first. Okay, so I'm doing. Uh, this is so silly, but I'm I'm doing uh, guys on Instagram. There's this Instagram account that I've got very fond of. It's called Ray Bull. So it's Ray underscore Bull. Bull as in B-U-L-L? Like like the bull, like Toro, Toro, that kind of bull, yeah. And uh, it's just these two 20-something guys, and, you know, they're songwriters, and they put out their own songs and stuff, and their songs are fine. But what I really like, and they do this very regularly, is that they will combine two songs. One will start singing, and then the other one will sing a completely different song, but they will just merge them together brilliantly. So, for example, they might do Seven Nation Army, and then one of them will start singing Sweet Dreams by the Arrhythmics. <laughs> or they'll do Watermelon Sugar, and then the other one will be doing Blinding Light, and they do work together. Um, or my personal favorite, uh, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush with, uh, is it Sia? Is it Shia? What's her name? Sia? Sia's Titanium. Ah, yeah. They go together so beautifully. So. Running up that hill. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not singing the Titanium one. I am Titanium! There you go. There we go. That's exactly how they do it. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so highly recommend it. Ray underscore Bull. Uh, a lot of fun. You'll spend an inordinate amount of time. Even if you don't know the songs they're combining, uh, you will have fun listening to them. Okay. So I've started taking pottery classes. Oh, yeah. How that's going? Uh, okay. Great. Um, simply because I got hooked on the show The Great Pottery Throwdown on HBO Max. Right. It's the same people who did the Great British Baking Show. So if you like that show, you will love this show. Um, I recommend starting with season four simply because they get the format down better. And the host is an absolute delight. It it is the actress who plays Sister Michael on Dairy Girls. Okay. She's a hoot and a holler. And then in season five, 
she broke her leg, so Aww. she couldn't be the host. And so instead, they got the woman who plays Stassi on Ted Lasso to be... Who's Stassi? She's the one who hooks up with Ted. Oh, I love her! Yeah. Oh, she'd be great! She, yeah. ends, she then takes her place as the host. So ah. also, season four was filmed during the pandemic, so everyone really likes each other, and they work together like a family instead of competitors. So... They take amateur potters and challenge them every week to make something new, like create a garden fountain that's, you know, two feet high or create a toilet or make a tea set. (laughs) Um, I've only learned how to make a plate and a bowl, but I'm supposed to be learning how to make a deviled egg plate a mug, and a sundial, so we will see how that goes. I'm looking forward to your toilet. (laughs) I'm not doing that. What? Um, In the very first class, the other girls were making these flowers and hearts, and I kid you not, I made a skull. I am that girl. We could put that on Instagram. That'd be good. Well, I'm going, I think tomorrow I'm going to be glazing it. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll have to wait until the finished product is in fact finished. Yes. No (laughs) use in jumping the gun. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's great. We we started by uh, giving a middle finger to Ron DeSantis, and we end with skulls. So <laughs> that's the kind of podcast quantity and quality. Well, that actually, I we look started for. with you giving me a gift. I so. did give you a gift, and it was. You it know, was I think wooden. every episode you should give me a gift. You know, just to keep this train going. You know, let's. Uh, I don't. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Every week, but it's my birthday. Not yet. It's not not yet. yet. But it will be. So every, I need a gift. It'll be everyone's I birthday I, eventually. Well, not for you if you're dead. <laughs> okay. I guess it still could and be. And we're back to skulls. <laughs> and we're back to skulls. And until I do a book that does not involve skulls, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes or rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our special little guy is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird. <laughs>